You're listening to J Sky Chat Podcast. Coming up on J Sky Chat Podcast. Just knowledge is power. So if anyone ever challenges you, know yourself. And, and then you've got, you know, because a lot of these people are ignorant. They don't know. And a lot of them are just followers. You just want to be a part of something. Thank you for tuning in to J Sky Chat, the podcast. Please like, favourite and subscribe and follow me at J Sky Chat on social media. Don't, don't. Let me just tell me why. She's singing upstairs. Michelle! <laughs> Michelle! Can you not hear her? She's singing her ass off up there. Proper belted it. Let me, let me just ring her, mate, and just tell her to pipe down. She's forgotten doing this thing with you. Um, Michelle! I can hear you right above me and you're singing. I'm doing this podcast out with uh, Jay Sky and that. So I told you at six o'clock and you. I'm not being a hater, love. I'm just saying I can hear you. <laughs> I'll see you in a bit. Ta-da. <laughs> Fuck it, don't be a hater. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. Okay, so first of all, let's look at the start of your career. So you're known as a fantastic British comedian, most notably, obviously, from playing Gaz on Two Pints of Lager. But I want to know, yeah. when did you first discover that you were funny? I don't know. Um, it's not. It's not whether I, I don't know whether I am funny or not. I'm just me, and um, I like to have a laugh. Um, I suppose I grew up um, as the youngest of five, so I had four older sisters, um, and there was six years between me and the youngest sister to me. So it was a while before, obviously, I came along. And with being the only boy, I suppose I came out entertaining. You know, you're the centre of attention. You want to be centre of attention, um, and all the attention's on you because you're a you're the only boy, and you're the youngest. So I suppose I was just came out to entertain and I was probably a bit of a pain in the ass at times. You know, I was, I was always on, I was always on and, um, and, and our house, my dad was very funny. My mum's funny. You know, we always used to crack around laughing and we're a big family. So I suppose you get, you get, you, you get it from, from that, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I've always enjoyed funny stuff, you know, and, and always enjoyed having a bit of a laugh. All kids think they're funny. How did your friends and family take to you first saying that, you maybe wanted to be a comedian or an actor, or did you not always know what you wanted to do? You just liked to entertain and that was just never considered to be a career. How did that work? Yeah. Um, I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer, um, whether it be acting or singing or performing or whatever, even without anybody having to tell me. I mean, I remember when I first got a, I got a camcorder bought me when I was about 14, but I'd already done a bit of TV by then, but I was making, I didn't use it to shoot holiday videos. I, I made like amateur films with it and I got on my mates to be in it on the estate. So they all had parts in it. I don't know how I convinced them. <laughs> they were all in it. Um, and I just used to just, if there was a stage and I was on holiday, I was on it, you know, at Butlins and I was a council estate kid. So we was always out and we was always doing stuff. And then whenever we went anywhere, holiday camps or anything, my dad would go, right, go on, there's a talent show. And I'd go in it. And it was just, it's just something that was in me. And it's, it, it's weird to say you was born to do something, but I was born to do whatever it is I do. And I find that entertaining. So, um, whether it be acting or singing, I taught myself to play piano from when I was about 12, 13 onwards. I still play now. And I just taught myself I could play by ear. 
I actually believe that we're all here and uh, we're born uh, with something in us. And, we, and, and our job is to find out what that is and try and make that into your career. Um, the, um, we're here, what we're here to do, what we're supposed to do. And I think I, I think what our part in life is to find out uh, what that is and then try and make that your job. Because, you know, if you enjoy your job, you'll never work a day in your life. So um, so I, I've been very, very lucky to, you know, to to, to perform and act and, and do what I do and, and been lucky to be, to be successful enough to make it a career. I totally agree and, and believe that. Um, I can imagine it wasn't always easy to convince people around you of the same sort of thing. But I read um, a headline from the Daily Mirror and the headline was along the lines of you went from being a 19-year-old kid on a council estate who had a dream to being on billboards. I mean, you obviously believed in yourself, but seeing that dream come to life, how did that feel and how did people around you take to that? It was uh, it was an unbelievable feeling. I mean, I'd, I'd been on TV since I was about 12, but only a, a couple of small parts, a couple of commercials here and there, and it was slowly building, and I was on Brookside, I think, when I was about 17, 18, and, and, and I got a couple of, you know, and it was sort of, it was teasing me a bit, and then once I landed Hollyoaks, it was a, it was a life changer. It just from that moment, that day, I'll never forget it. You know, um, within a week, I was I was in, in magazines, on billboards, on, on bus stops, and and people recognising me in the street. And not everybody was nice. You know, I mean, you you'll know yourself from I I because I, I want to speak to you about you a bit as well in a bit, but people start shouting at you things in the street and who don't know you, um, and. You know, some of it's lovely and nice. You get, you know, these young girls coming up to you and you think it's amazing. And But then you've always got the other person on the other side of the road who's going, look at this, look at this idiot over there and shouting horrible things at me. And and I, it took me a while to get used to that. Even people that knew me, who I grew up with, turned their back on me. And, um, and you know, I couldn't I couldn't do right from wrong. If I went to the pub, I was showing off just by going. And if, if I didn't buy anyone a drink, I was tired. If I bought people drinks, I was showing off. So in the end, I had to, it took me a while for me to get my head around what this was. And it was fame. Well, I wasn't trying to get on TV to be famous. It was just my dream to go and be a performer and to be paid to do that. Um, the fame thing took a while to get used to. Uh, I got into a few scrapes here and there because I didn't think it was right for people to come up and abuse me to my face without me reacting. You know, you have to just, if you go in a place and you feel like it's the wrong crowd, you have to just leave. You know what I mean? That's just part of the game. I get that. Sometimes when you um, you outgrow your environment, the people that you thought would support you don't always transition very well and it, it, it's tough um do you have any advice to someone that that wants to make it that might also be coming from a humble beginning to something bigger who's also worried about leaving the past behind no I, i'll tell you what i'd say is just be you and, and i go back i mean i've still got my best mate is, is the ladder i grew up with still I'm, I'm very grounded so the one thing i know is if i keep my feet on the ground and i'm grounded i know who i am I don't care what people think I mean, it's took me a while to be able to learn that, but I know deep down I'm a good person. I know I haven't changed. I don't treat anybody any differently. I don't expect to be treated any differently. Um, and, and what I'd say is just, you know, take everyone on face value, and that's what they've got to take me. And if, if I'm an idiot, then treat me like an idiot. But if I'm not, then don't, you know. And I don't. I, I take everyone on face value. I don't care where you're from. doesn't matter what background, what religion you are, what colour you are. Everything's good and bad in everybody. And just give, to treat everyone on face value. Uh, and, and, and that's that's all I want. Um, and I, and I'd, I'd say to anybody who's getting into the game, don't be scared of anything what, of the unknown. Just go and live your dreams, man, because oh, life's for living. And if you don't live it, you'll regret it. So if you don't go and try and achieve what, what your dreams are, you'll always be a wonder if. And that's, that's not a nice place to be when you're 67 years old and it's the time's passed by. Right. 
That is a good message. And I like the, the fact that you said that you should go into the industry knowing who you are because in this world, if you don't, someone will take advantage of that. But I just want to go back to Hollyoaks because you yeah. did the impossible. You was on Hollyoaks for three years and you weren't mm -hmm. killed off. Like, I used to be obsessed with Hollyoaks and they went through a, a period of time where you could miss a week of Hollyoaks and they'd killed off a family, they'd been a murder, a bomb, an explosion, everything, all in one week. But you've managed to yeah. leave the show and they've still referenced your character and that door's still open. I'm guessing you've heard rumours of people wanting you to come back now that they're showing Hollyoaks' favourite episodes. Have Hollyoaks yeah. ever contacted you about maybe coming back or have you ever thought about maybe wanting to go back? Yeah, no, they've spoke to me about it. It's just, uh, it's a difficult thing because of the periods of time, because obviously I've, I was doing, I've been doing a lot of drama with Line of Duty and No Offence and I mean, in Broadchurch and stuff like that. So it's one of them things, if you, sometimes if you go back, it, it can look in the industry that that's what you want to do. So the other work stops. So in, in my game, all I want to do is, is do the best jobs that are around and try and keep myself relevant and keep feeding me kids you know what I mean at the end of the day it's a job I've got to, I've got to earn money so um I don't ever want to I don't ever want to do anything that could jeopardize future jobs um and sometimes going back can do that uh, I also don't have much contact with anybody that's in this show as a character there's only Tony who's still in it the Ken Barlow of the show so so and he's still a close friend of mine and, and, yeah, and you know what I would love to go back just for the nostalgia and to say a big thank you because they were the reason why I am where I am now is Hollyoaks they gave me the start and they they trusted in me and they believed in me and, at the casting and, and and that's all it takes sometimes I would like to go back for that but as part of a career move I don't my agent was against me doing it so I can't go back for that reason um but yeah selfishly I would like to go back just to say thank you no I definitely understand that but um Obviously, they, they were right to, to believe in you because look at where you are now. You've come such a long way. Let's talk about modelling because you've modelled for Top Man. That is, like, so cool. <laughs> like, um, what have been some of the cringiest things that you've been asked to do or that you've turned down? I'll tell you what, there's a cringe thing that I did, and you'll know it is because you're in Manchester. I danced in a shop window in the Arndale in a shop called Snob. <laughs> Do you remember Snob? I it was a female flow shop. <laughs> and do you know what? I was I was that I was that trying to make it anyway. I didn't want to get a normal job, you know, a nine to five. And my mum said, You've got to start paying away. I was 17 or something. Going through the paper and it said, Dancer wanted for the shop window. When they were going to take the mannequins out and have someone dance in the shop window to attract attention to the shop. And then they, people would come in and buy clothes. Uh, and I, w I went down and I was against this other lad, this Chinese kid who was doing robotics. <laughs> and I, uh, and I went in and just did the full hitman and her. I had cut off hot pants shorts on, ripped, ripped sleeve shirt, and just went for it. Um, and I got the job. Um, I only lasted two weeks because my cousin came down and just sat on a bench opposite and just laughed at me the whole time. And I had people coming filming me. You know, this was before camcorder. People before mobile phones. People had went home and got their camcorder. Scared. I look at this idiot here dancing in the shop window, and it was me. So. So there's a few embarrassing things that you do, but on the way, you've got to do what you can, aren't you, to try and keep yourself moving forward. Listen, mate, I see what you do, you know what I mean? Because I've seen you grow and grow and grow in your career. I'm interested because I've known you for a few years and stuff, and we've bumped into in clubs and parties and whatnot. And what I love about you and what I think people should stand up and clap about what people like you is you're happy to be an individual and be yourself and to go out there and, and show everybody, this is who I am. Um, and you have different looks for different occasions. You, you designer, 
and, and you own it. And I think more people like that will encourage more people like you to come out and say, do you know what? I can be free. I can wear what I want and I can be an icon. And I think people like you, uh, you know, should be applauded for what you do. Wow, an icon. Thank you. <laughs> but no. you know, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying, though, mate. If there's people out there who are afraid to go and stand out and be who they are, and you, you are, you embrace who you are, which is, you know, whatever it is, whatever you want to wear, or whatever you design, or whatever, you know, you turn heads. And some people like are scared to turn heads. And I think it's important that we have people who, who are happy to be individuals and not not go with the crowd thank you but like you say you do when you put yourself out there you get the brunt of the good and the bad and when people see the bad yeah. it's usually what they focus on and that will scare someone away from sticking the neck yeah. out there um but no i appreciate what so you how said do you deal with it? how do you deal with it and how, how how have you dealt with it and 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 and, and i want to ask you go for it how, um what what is it you're wanting to achieve and what have you achieved so far that you're most proud of and and, and what, what makes who Jay Sky is? These are good questions. You should get me on your podcast. But for me, <laughs> for me, I like to um, I like to provoke thought. If something scares me, I don't like to shy away from it. So like the, there are times when I look at an outfit or I look at myself in the mirror and I'll be like, and I'll know what's coming. But at the same time, it's like if, if I'm 33 years of age, I should not be scared to do anything, especially wear an outfit to an event because someone that I don't know who has no influence in my life might say one bad thing. So I need to be there to, to show that it can be done. But in terms of things that I want to achieve, exactly what I'm doing now on a, on a bigger scale, um, I just like more recognition from it. <laughs> So I'm yeah. I'm getting there. You you feel when the traction starts building up, and when you can start like picking better jobs and not doing as many cringe things. You can see when the tide starts to change, and I'm I'm getting into my rhythm a bit more. I think people are starting to take me more seriously because they used to just view me as a clown who just used to wear silly clothes and go to parties and just they used to say I'd go to the opening of an envelope and all of that rubbish. Or I was just a tag along, look at him trying to get famous because he's friends with someone up all like, like all the the negative comments, and it's like slowly but surely people are seeing that maybe there is a little bit more to me and I think the thing that's helped me is that I'm not scared of working hard like my mum um, is from a council estate too and me, mm. my, me and my brother we both managed to to change the stats and, and make it into in, in life where we can get our own place we've both got degrees and um, yeah if you're not scared of hard work if you know the cost and the benefits of overcoming people's opinions then you know what, what you're about and you know what you want to get and you know it can be done and you're one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast because you're an example of, of persistence and also having a dream and and Talent yeah. will speak for itself, and you've got it. And I'd like to think that maybe I've got something that that will get me to where I want to be. Yeah, is, is have you always known? I mean, this is a sound, it's going to sound like a strange question to some people, but have you always known there's something slightly, there's something a bit different? You know, like ever since I was a kid, I always knew I was a bit different than all my mates in in the fact that I, you know, there was just something different that I, I don't know what it was. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Um, even before I realised it myself, my mum told me like like that I was special from a young age and it used to make me think what's going on there but I think mm. it's when you believe that especially from a young age I'm sure you'll agree that people around you because they don't always believe that about themselves might then think that you're arrogant or egotistical because you believe you're different but it's just that everyone is different it's just knowing that okay your place might be a little bit different from somewhere someone else's Exactly. That's what I say to a lot of people. It doesn't mean that anyone's any better or worse than anybody else. It's just that it's okay to be different. There's nothing wrong with being different. Being different is interesting. 
and and a lot of people and I think most people are different it's just they're scared to step out of the lane where all the traffic's going they'd rather sit in that lane and avoid any kind of negativity when you know it's better to just own it um, and, and I think especially with social media now the way it is people tend to put out images of themselves and they're happy to do so but they only concentrate on the negative responses to that image and the problem with that is it's causing a lot of depression in young people and i think that is people are slagging off social media but it's not social media it's the issue it's people not being schooled on knowing themselves you have to know yourself before you put yourself out there don't put yourself out there if you're not ready for what's coming you can't just concentrate on the negative so don't think you're just going to get positives and you're not going to get any negatives because you are just got to be ready for it and you just got to own it who you are no, definitely. Uh, where does that fortitude come from with you? Like, how did you get the strength to be able to withstand other people's negative opinions and also navigate through social media today? Um, the thing is, I'm quite glad in a way that social media wasn't around when I was younger, when I was starting out. Um, but at the same time, I was every time that someone knocks me, I just had a little smile in me, inside me saying, I'll show you one day. One day you'll see. Um, and I knew, I, I swear, and it sounded, it, it, it sounds arrogant now, but I knew, I said, one day I'm going to make it. And then you'll all see, even the school teachers, they, you know, they, 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 I told them when I was at school, what I wanted to do. And they said, well, no, tell us what you really want to do. And I said, no, I want to be an actor. I want to be performing. They said, well, but you can't do that. So what jobs do you want to do? And they told me I couldn't do it. And that angered me. And I said, well, you'll see, won't you? And they threw me out of school. Um, well, they threw me out of most lessons because I was a bit disruptive. I was just trying to make everyone laugh, but they were right to in certain instances. But I, I um, but in the end, in the end, they made an award after me called the Will Miller Award that said that kids can win. And I thought, you hated me at school. And then I went away and I did all right in my career. And now there's a Will Miller Award. And I went back and I presented this award. And I told all the kids, I said, listen, these lot weren't all behind me. And I, they, they didn't want me to say it, but I said, the truth is, not everyone's going to be behind you. You've got to be behind yourself. You've got to back yourself. If you have to rely on other people to get behind you, you're going to struggle. This is a good conversation. <laughs> like, it's given me so much inspiration. Um, have you ever had a moment where someone's come up to you and, and just said, like, you know what, I, I was wrong about you. I was wrong to doubt you. Um, I have. Um, I have, but not in not in... Not in that way. I mean, I, I had a message the other day from someone saying, oh, I had a go at you a few years ago and I was wrong. I was out of order. I was a jumped up little kid then. And I just thought I was being funny and sorry if I offended you. I don't, I don't even remember it. But it used to happen quite a lot. You know, you get someone in the pub and go, who's he think he is? Or I had to bite my lip quite a lot not to retaliate. Um, but there's, there's, I suppose I, I noticed a change in the pub that I used to go into when I, when I lived in, in Bredbury in Stockport. I went in the pub and when I first went in, when I, I got on TV, no one knew how to talk to me. These were my mates. Um, and some people were just saying, I wish you, someone sent a letter into Hollyoaks saying, if he comes in the pub again, we're going to smash his head in. You better fire him. Um, and um, I got the letter and took it in the pub and I put it on the dartboard and I said, uh, who wrote that? Can we find out who wrote that? Because he didn't put the name on the bottom. Never found out who it was. And it was from my local pub where I grew up on the estate. And I couldn't believe it. I thought they'd be supporting me. And the only way I got round it I just kept going back home. And this, the more they saw me, the more they realized I was just me. I was still just me. It's just because I'm on the TV now, nothing's changed. So I just thought the only way to just do it, just to keep going back and, go, and just proving and keep going, seeing people and going back to the, and, they, and then in the end they went, oh, you just like, you just will. I went, exactly, that's what I've been trying to say. But people make assumptions because they see you on something and they start making up in their own mind what you're like now without knowing because I wasn't around for a couple of years. So the way I dealt with it is I just kept going home and seeing everyone. And then the more they realized that 
nothing's changed. I'm just playing old boring Will. <laughs> at the end of the day, it works on the telly. No, I totally get what you're saying. Like for me, obviously, a lot of I'm not as as anywhere near as famous as you. But when people usually see me for the first time it's it's in picture form and they'll see what I'm wearing and they'll have an assumption about the type of person that I am or they might hear a rumor yeah. about me that's not true and they'll make up this whole image of who I who I am maybe I'm a diva or a bitch or anything like that or <laughs> I've done certain things yeah. that I've not done um and how, how do you overcome like obviously like for you you said you've got to just keep going out there and showing who you really are. And I, and I think I've had to do that as well. I've had to like be twice as good just to prove that I'm not what they think I am. But yeah, what other advice would you give to someone that is maybe facing um, a conflict in who they are and how people see them? So it's, I think it's very difficult. Um, I think the one thing you've got to do is be consistent on who you are. Um, and uh, you know, if, if you are one thing to one person and something to somebody else, you're going to get a lot of mistrust. People are going to say, hang on, he's two faced or she's two faced because, um, she's saying this or he's saying this, and then acting one way. And then, and I think that comes, that can happen because like you just said, then sometimes you're overly nice to prove that you're a decent person and you, and it happens because you, you think you want to, you, you don't want negativity and you want people to know you. Because I do care what people think, even though I might say, I don't, I'll, I'll be myself, I don't care what people think. I do care. And we all do, I think, deep down. I mean, no one likes to be, you know, no, no one likes anything bad said about them. But I think just be yourself and be consistent. And, you know, and, and it, it sometimes can be tough and it depends on how old you are, whether you know yourself yet. Um, I'm still learning about myself and also, you keep learning um, how to be a better person and how to find the most out of yourself and get the most out of yourself. Because uh, I think we all have to look inwards at times. I think we can always look out, outwards and blame other people, but we always have to end up looking at ourselves. So as long as you can sleep all right and know you're a decent person, you'll be okay. Oh, that's nice, that is. Well, speaking of sleeping all right, um, you were a sex symbol and still are in many ways. Like you just now... Where are you, cheeky get? Still got it, son. Now you, you've moved into the, <laughs> into the daddy category. I mean, I'm getting... I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you get people calling you DILF. You're digging a hole here. Digging a, I'm a daddy category now. Jeez, I'm a DILF. Yeah, do they say that? Do fans call you a DILF? <laughs> I've heard it a few times, but I don't know. It sounds a bit wrong. It sounds a bit wrong. It sounds like, you know, I don't like some young girls calling me a DILF. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> At the end of the day, as long as my wife thinks I'm, I'm all right, then I'm all right. And, and the older I get, the more I work out to try and keep myself looking all right because, you know, Age is, age is a bitch, isn't it? It, it catches up to you, everybody. So you've got to work to try and keep yourself fit and healthy and looking all right. And you also enjoy yourself. I like a beer, so I've got to work out twice as hard. <laughs> well, you posted a picture um, wearing some glasses the other day on your social media. Oh, yeah. And obviously your character on Broadchurch wore glasses. And it's like, you said that you felt like maybe you was getting old now or something. Are you scared of getting old? A lot of people are scared of getting old. I don't think you're scared of it. But like, how, how do you process the fact that we're getting older? Does it affect you in any way? Or? Um, I think um, the way I deal with it is I can't do anything about it. Anything I can't do anything about, I have to just leave it. You know, what, what, what can I do? I mean, yeah, I can have surgery, but it doesn't stop you aging. It just stops you looking a certain way. Uh, if, if, I, if I was desperately unhappy with the part of the way I looked, then I'd address it if, if, I, if I was desperately unhappy because no one should be unhappy. We don't have to be now. There's ways around it. Um, there is surgery out there for men and for women if you wanted to go down that road. 
I try to just enjoy my life as much as I can. And 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 because I'm at the stage I am in my life, I've got two kids. I'm married, you know, as you know, you know my wife. We've been together for over 21 years. It's like I've, it's like if I hadn't, if I hadn't have had kids yet, I'd be panicking. But my son's 16, my daughter's 12, so I'm at the right stage of my life. So I'm not worried. I've I've, I've sort of my life has has gone the right way. Um, I'm happy in where I'm at, and I'm looking forward to the future and what it holds and you know uh, I'm just think what else can I do other than just I can't change aging I mean what's the alternative I'd, I'd rather be here than not so I'd rather be getting old than not being here so take the positives where you can there's no shame in getting older but you touched on about your, your relationship with Michelle who's absolutely lovely yeah. and loves a bit um you and I are both in an interracial relationship and obviously yeah. there's been a lot going on in the world in terms of protesting and Black Lives Matter and the fight for equality. Has that took a toll on any of the dynamics in the house? How have you processed that with the kids? And have people said anything that you've not liked? Or have you seen anything that's triggered a, a response from you? Or um, It's difficult. Um, I, I, I put out something, um, but because, because obviously, because I'm not black, I can't, I can't understand, but I can stand. And I'll stand next to my wife and I'll stand next to everybody else um, with this movement, black or white, doesn't matter what colour you are. This movement isn't really about one about one race against another race. What this is about is equality. Um, black lives matter. Isn't, it doesn't mean white lives don't matter or all lives matter. That's where people are getting is clouded. What this is about is can we finally just see everybody as human beings and everyone treated equally? That's all this is about. Black Lives Matter is a massive movement that's been trying to happen for a long, long time. And this seems to be the biggest movement of its kind. And, and I'm glad, and it's needed to happen for a long time. As far as my kids are concerned, I just try and educate them and just say, listen, look at you. Because they're not teaching black history in schools, I try to educate them on, look at, this is what your history is. This is where you come from originally, where Michelle's parents come from, they know about that. And you know your heritage because knowledge is power. So if anyone ever challenges you, know yourself and and then you've got you know because a lot of these people are ignorant they don't know and a lot of them are just followers they just want to be a part of something um and i don't see what's wrong with people being being equal i feel i just it baffles me or, or people who are against it i'm saying so are you saying that that people shouldn't be equal is that what you're saying because i i don't understand that so so if you strip us back to our bones we're all we're all exactly the same but you put any color on our skin we're not the same and that's how stupid this is it doesn't matter about religion. doesn't matter about colour. We're all human beings. Judge everybody on face value. There's good and bad in everybody. Well said. Like, I couldn't agree more. Like, um, and so many people have, like, had to take a step back and assess their own behaviours and how they've perhaps performed on TV and stuff. Even, like, I know you've done Celebrity Juice a lot. Like, Lee Francis did a public apology. Like... You've never done blackface or anything like that, like, and you understand that there's no need for people to do things like that. Comedy doesn't have to rely on and and performing in that way. Um, I want to try and make the conversation a bit happier. Um, celebrity it's juice. I know it's listening. It's current. It's fine. It's fine. It's current. Celebrity juice has been fantastic with having you on board. Um, I'm guessing you've had a lot of people say to you that they would love you to be a regular on the show. Is that a conversation Team that captain. your agent... Yeah, exactly. Has your, has your agent put um, things in motion for this to happen, or...? No, what's happened is that we've... Um, 
I do this show a lot. I do it two or three times a series, and we and we and we get on great. I've known um, Lee Francis, who's Keith Lemon for for a long time, um, and yeah, um, I, I I would do it. I would do it. I would I would be the captain if he asked me. It's it's just they haven't asked me, um, and. I know, I know I'm popular on the show and people are all messaging me saying, you know, you should be next team captain, but I don't know what they want. They might want two girls and then isn't, I can't, I can't, no matter how good I am, I can't be a girl. So uh, if they want two girls, they'll, they'll want two girls. And um, as I say, I love the show because it's freedom. You just go in there and have a good laugh. We all laugh at each other. I don't, no one, I don't take myself seriously. I, people want to take the piss out of me. On, we have a bit of banter. I know exactly what it's about. I love banter. Um, and so it's it's great. And if, if they ask me to do it, I, I would definitely take it seriously. I, I think it's a great show um, for people just to watch and leave the brains at the door and have a bit of a laugh. Because we all need to laugh from time to time, especially at the moment. Just no one takes anyone any seriously. Let's have a bit of fun, you know. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. And, yeah, I would definitely be open to it if they came to me. Brilliant. This is one of the, the reasons why I love you so much. I think um, people don't value the, um, the power of a comedian as much as they should. Like, in my opinion, comedians and actors are real-life heroes because they can change your mental state from one thing to another so quickly. And you're so fantastic at everything that you've done. What has been a personal highlight for you? Um, it's tough. that's a tough question, mate. Um, there's been so many. I mean, there's, there's, I tell you what it is. Um, I I don't see myself as everybody else sees myself. So, so when I, you know, I, when I first got Hollyoaks, I mean, that that was life changing. So I I can never ever everything after that was because of it. So I suppose that was one of the biggest highlights because it was, it was all of a sudden the clouds clearing and your dreams are there in front of you and you can touch them. And to go to bed every night dreaming and dreaming and dreaming of achieving this, what seems to be impossible, but in my heart was possible. And I told everybody I was going to do it, that they, that as soon as you can touch it, it it's like magic. It just, I, 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 I just, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that I was, I was doing it. I was doing, I was living my dream. And I suppose that getting that job and then everything after it was because of it. So I, I, I suppose that is the, I mean, obviously, I've, I've, I've got some amazing jobs, Line of Duty and Broadchurch. You know, the, you know, there's loads of, and when I won Fame Academy, it was a massive, a massive deal for me and loads of different things, but it all stemmed from one thing and that was from someone giving me a chance and putting me in a regular series like Hollyoaks. So, so I suppose that day, I'll, ne- I'll never forget that moment of, this is happening, I'm going to achieve my dreams. Um, and it was, it was magic. Brilliant. You touched on winning Fame Academy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you also had... A single that got to number five, and you mentioned earlier yeah. that you play the piano and you're a fan of entertaining. Yeah. Are you planning to do another single? Because I'd love you to release like a, a charity <laughs> single for a, don't know, like a men's mental health charity or something. Because people look up to you for how you spoke so openly about things that you've overcome, and obviously you're very yeah. talented at music. So I see the two going hand in hand together. I mean, how much yeah. of a role does music still play in your life? Massive. Music's everything. I love music. Um, it can like you said about um actors and comedians and programs changing your mood music does that music and when i you know i go out for walks or whatever and when my dad passed away music helped me a lot i was listening to songs but that's a part of grieving and you've got to go through things um you can't bottle them up and you've, you've got to face them and it's okay not to be okay you know my, my ambassador for the kaleidoscope plus group uh, team kpg which is a mental health charity um and my message is always it's okay not to be okay you know it's it's good to talk and so, so music helped me through a lot of things. And, you know, um, me and my wife, we, we dance around the kitchen all the time, listening to music. And um, 
And I think that's me doing music. I, I'd love to do it in a perfect world. I'd be able to, you know, if I, if I was in, if I was in America, it would hold you up and, you know, you can be a singer, an actor, a presenter all at once and they keep you up there and you can do it all. But in this country, if I suddenly did music, they go, oh, anymore then. You're not allowed to do the acting as well. You know, they try to put you in a box. Are you an actor? Right. Are you a drama actor? Because you're going to, are you a comedy actor? You're going to the comedy box. Are you a singer? So they don't tend to let you do it all. Um, but as a charity, I definitely do a song for a charity or for, men, for mental health or for someone. I would definitely, I, I love music. Why wouldn't I? I mean, I'd love to be in a band on stage. I'd love it. It's just, there's loads of things I'd love to do. It's just, I don't ever want to damage my career by doing something because I've got a family to look after. And, you know, I, I own my career dearly. And I don't ever want to lose my foothold of where I am. But maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the person that you are today, knowing who you are, could ever lose what you've got because what is meant for you will come and it's yeah. great that there's so many different things you can do um obviously it's a conversation for you and your agent to have about what you can do as well but um at the same yeah. time if there, there are things that you want to do i, I i'd sure say do it do. because you, do you know what i mean you've got yeah. it everyone <laughs> no one's going to be like oh he's done this he's, he can't be this anymore because your history tells differently and that'd be a, a great message to, to leave on but before we do wrap it up i'd like to yeah. ask you because you're obviously a hugely successful and inspirational person. Um, I'm still quite early on in my career. What made you decide to do the podcast with me and, and what do you think about the work that I do and what I stand for? Um, I sort of stepped on it before um, because I think you inspire people. Um, and, and when I see you, you make me smile because I love individuals. I love people who step out of the lane and go, this is who I am. You know what I mean? That's that's why I love going down Canal Street and you see a few of these, you know, drag queens walking around or people with men with makeup on. And I love all that because it's like, yeah, you go and own it. You be you. Um, and you, and, you, and you, even if you inspire just one person, one kid, anybody who's sat there going, I, I'd love to come out or I'd, uh, I'd love to express myself in my clothes more. People like you give people that vision to be able to say, well, they can do it. Maybe I can do it, you know, and and, and that's... That's what everybody should be doing. If, if, you want, if, you are, if you are an individual like you, you should aim to inspire people. And even if you don't, you are doing. And that's why I think I wanted to talk to you today and I wanted to come on your podcast and spread the word a little bit. Um, and you're a good person. Um, you've always made me smile when we're out. We always have a laugh, me, you and Michelle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing, mate. Thank you so much, Will. I know that you've got dinner booked for tonight, but I really do appreciate you spending the time and doing this podcast with me. Um, and if there's anything I can ever no do worries. for you guys, I wish you the best, brother. Thank you so much. And you and Michelle will have to come round for dinner soon, meet my partner. It'd be nice to have you around. Yeah, man. Well, listen, when, when it's all open properly, we're going to come to Manchester. I'll give you a call and we'll have a night out. We'll go and have some dinner and dance the night away. We'll have a right laugh. Can't wait. Thank you so much. Enjoy tonight. Thank you. This one more thing. Are you going to get? Are, we, are you going to be getting your willy out anymore on naked? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Naked? What's it called? The naked, naked island or whatever. You watched <laughs> the show Naked Beach. Did you watch it? <laughs> no, I didn't watch it. No, I just kept on looking at your pictures you were posting. I thought you were watching it. I kept zooming in on your ass. Going, Look at your bare ass hanging out. Look at you. <laughs> I bet it's your, your wallpaper on your phone. <laughs> No, no, I, I just saw. Do you know what? I was, I saw it. And I was chuffed because I thought, yeah, I look at him now. He's doing it because I see you. I see you obviously doing your your red carpet walks and you do your events and stuff like that. Which I've, I've not been able to come to a few of them. I'm always honest with you. I'm not one of them blaggers that goes, yeah, I'll be there and just let you down. If I can't be there, I'll tell you I can't be there. If I can't, I'll be there. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it was like I could see you were getting a step up. 
and you're getting further on in your career. And I'm buzzing for you. So long may it last, and, and hopefully you'll do more of it. I can see you hosting stuff. Definitely can see you presenting stuff. 100%. Fingers crossed, eh? You never know what's around the corner. Listen, if Big Brother comes back, mate, you should be the first in that door. You'd kill it. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> you'd kill it. You'd get my vote. Oh, thank you. Oh, right. Say hi to Michelle. <laughs> I will do. Hey, listen, great speaking to you, mate. Thank you for tuning in to JSky Chat, the podcast. Please like, favourite and subscribe and follow me at JSky Chat on social media.